Welcome to Campfire Stories with your co-hosts, Salesforce MVP, Stacy Cogswell, and public speaker, Justice Sikakani Sr., a podcast for sharing stories of Salesforce trailblazers. On this episode of Campfire Stories, we are excited to welcome Melissa Hildes, otherwise known as MHD. Um, nickname <laughs> just made up right here on the spot. Um, Melissa, we are excited to have you joining the, comp- uh, the, the podcast, the Virtual Campfire. Thank you so much, Justice. I'm so excited to be here. I've never done a podcast you know, before. Stacy was really excited about you because she said, Justice, Melissa might have been the first individual. I think there actually have been other individuals, but we'll give you the title uh, to request to be on the <laughs> podcast, which uh, that says a lot about um, what you've come to perceive about us. So tell us a little bit about you. What what prompted you to reach out and give the listeners just kind of a who Melissa is, if they don't know you. Sure. Yeah. So. So actually, um, it was an interesting thing because you all said maybe on the most recent podcast or the one before, and I don't get to listen to podcasts often because I work from home. So I don't take that commute time. I don't have that to to listen to a podcast, but it says something about, you know, if you know someone that you'd like to have on the podcast or if you'd like to be on the podcast, you know, let us know. And I'm a big believer in asking for what I want. How do people know what you want if you don't ask for it, right? Mm. So um, I reached out to Stacy and said, I'd like to be on the podcast. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I was excited about doing that. Um, I've never done a podcast before. My family <laughs> says I sound like talk radio at home anyway, because I'm always talking to customers and working from home. You know, they wander in and out of the room all the time and hear what I'm saying and know what I'm doing and don't see anybody. They just hear me talking, right? And don't hear anybody answering back. But um, what you should know about me, oh my goodness. So I have a long and varied history. And this could be like, not only the first time somebody asked to be on the podcast, but the longest podcast y'all have ever done. Ooh, I like <laughs> if we that. go into my like history. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, the, the years add up, right? Uh, and amazingly, some interesting things happen along the way. But kind of the short and sweet version is I was born a long time ago in a galaxy far away. And 40 years ago when I started university, and I'm really dating myself, um, because of my grades, because of my aptitude, they said, you should go into computer science. And this was about the same time that, you know, Bill Gates and all those guys were getting started too. And I did. So I went into computer science and studied computer science and learned to write COBOL and Fortran and basic and um, realized that that's what they were training me to do was to be a programmer. And if you've known me for five minutes, you can't imagine me sitting alone in a cube all by myself writing programs for eight hours a day. And that was not what I wanted to do. I wound up in sales and worked in sales in a lot of different capacities for a long time, did a lot of different things. I was a DJ. I worked for a television station. I worked for Naomi and Winona Judd, you know, just lots of different things. I was always reinventing myself. And so I got married 20 years ago Mm -hmm. 
moved to Decatur, Alabama, small town, North Alabama, ready to settle down and have a family and didn't know what I was going to do and wound up working at a nonprofit and had the opportunity to use Salesforce, to use Hands-On Connect and fell back in love with technology and what technology could do to really move the needle and impact the work that nonprofits were doing. And so over the course of the next several years, things evolved. I went back to university. I um, finished a bachelor's degree in management of technology. I'm working on my MBA now. Um, <clears throat> got to be a founding partner with Hands-On Connect and really feel like that I have an opportunity now to make a difference in the world, to help make the world a better place for everybody and scale what I'm doing because I'm helping all these organizations who are scaling what they're doing by leveraging technology. So that's the short version. Oh, I like all of that. You know, that's okay. So first of all, that's unbelievably inspiring. The, uh, the journey that you have taken, uh, by the way, I thought when you said university, I thought you said four years ago, uh, but you said, you said 40, 40 years ago, 40 wow. years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You definitely don't look at you. You know what you're, I'm just going to add you, Melissa, to the list of, uh, women that age really well. You, uh, who else? <laughs> Becca Miller and Stacy. Um, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Exactly. Right. <laughs> what, what, this what is I'm why I keep them in, and, and ask you a quick question: Is is um, you know, I'm in the last year I've been working for a nonprofit organization, uh, and I'm new to this. And I'm just wondering, you said when you first got into your career, it was in a nonprofit role? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they were using uh, some sort of Salesforce or, well, Salesforce obviously didn't exist, but were they using some sort of CRM or maybe they were using Salesforce? Right. Well, and so <clears throat> actually when I started working with them and the nonprofit itself, this was 2009, oh, okay. Okay. 2010. Yeah. And um, I had already found Salesforce because while I was home with a baby, I got bored and you know, started looking for what I could do and found Salesforce in about 2006, but couldn't afford it to do consulting with my got customers it. that I had then. But by 2010, um, I was working with a volunteer center. They were a Points of Light affiliate, and they had Hands-On Connect, which is a volunteer management application that the Points of Light Foundation um, actually commissioned to have built, but it was almost privately held mm -hmm. at that point, you know, for points of light mm -hmm. affiliates, but it was built on Salesforce. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was huge. That was exciting. I mean, I installed nonprofit starter pack when there weren't wow. any instructions. That's you know? basically where my question was going. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, that ju justice is your yeah, oh yeah. company. Yeah. Are you guys on the, but, I, but I'm learning so much yeah. about okay. it. Again, you know, when I started supporting Salesforce as an administrator, now product owner, uh, Salesforce from the for-profit side of things obviously is inherently different than NPSP, uh, you know, person accounts versus, you know, it, there's a lot going on on the, on the nonprofit side. And some of those unique dynamics are just very intriguing to me. So I've just been wondering lately, what were nonprofits doing back in 2009 like obviously salesforce is still pricey right you get the 10 free licenses but was that kind of a predominant solution back in 2009 or even if it was was salesforce even 
able to do what it is today for nonprofits? I don't know. Sure. Well, and that's that's an interesting question because in 2009, 2010, and that was right the time Hands On Connect was built, and they did not have the household model. And so it was built on what was called an individual model because you were reaching out to individuals, not companies. And so the individual bucket model was what Ansel Connect was originally built to use. So you still got what I still think is the single most important factor is that 360 degree view of an individual, right? So Mm-hmm. I don't know statistically if you know, but volunteers are twice as likely to donate money to your organization as those who aren't volunteering. So if you don't know that they're a volunteer and you don't have that information, you know, how invested in your organization are they already, then what kind of ask do you make of that person? You know, to me, that predicates a lot. And you know, having come from, you know, I've done um, fundraising as well. So that was a huge piece of the puzzle for me to be able to incorporate all that and do it now yes we've made great strides and I don't know, I think you all know I'm pretty devoted to Salesforce and the whole mm-hmm. concept and everything that the company and the software do the one thing I have never understood and if I ever had an opportunity to ask Mark Benioff and Parker Harris I would was why they predicated everything so heavily on accounts oh like I say, I've been, in, I've been in sales a long, long time. And you know what, Justice? I've never sold anything to a company. I've always sold something to a person. You know what? I'm... And to me, the people are the most important part, not the company. I am so glad you're highlighting this right now because one of the things I've been struggling with is I invested in this DMS platform uh, as a part of Ringleads. Uh, suite of uh, you know basically I'm trying to address deduplication normalization and 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 just cleanse our, our all our right. data everything is predicated on accounts which in in this sense is based on yeah. the sold to to a business when what we're dealing with are donations which are opportunities and contacts which are people that are part of households Right. Right. And it's like, I can't, I got to yes. finesse and do all of this re-engineering to make the platform work for my nonprofit when I just, it, it just fascinates me um, how that wasn't considered. Well, and, and I'm astounded that that wasn't considered in, from the business setting either. You know, I mean, people think there's a lot of difference in .com and .org and I disagree. I mean, having been an executive director of a Habitat for Humanity affiliate, I had this wonderful board of directors, very successful business people, and they would walk into my boardroom and they're like, oh, you know, well, we're, we're a nonprofit, so we don't have to make money. We don't have to do all these things that I do every day in my business. And I was like, no, you're wrong. Mm. <laughs> That's not what? what it means at all, you know? We, we have to be just as efficient, if not more so, just as effective because the challenges that we're solving Absolutely. impact the world, you impact our children, impact everything. So what we have to do is put all of that business acumen together. We just don't pay anybody, you know, <laughs> stakeholders. We don't pay them right. money or stockholders. We plow Mission. that back into right. solving the problem. Yeah. So personally, I mean, and 
you know, I'm not always right and I don't expect to be, but I do think that that's part of the problem is that people look at nonprofits differently than they do businesses. And I've advocated for, you know, calling more Mm -hmm. so on our .com Ohana to come to things like the sprints, you know, the .org sprints. I'll Mm -hmm. bet you money that they've already solved for the duplication issue. Yeah. Right? So share that knowledge with us because nonprofits need it too. There's got to be an answer. We just haven't figured it out yet. You know, I, I'll say this really quick, Melissa, and then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot over to Stacy so I don't so I don't take too much thunder here. You know, I spent years working, uh, and I'm and I'm I'm younger, so I don't want to come off as if I've been in the game for like 40 years because I haven't. Uh, but I've spent years <laughs> working for for-profit organizations uh, that are among some of our top nation-leading. Uh, organizations based on annual revenues within their respective industries, Cargill, 3N. And it's just fascinating to me because now I work for a 53 person nonprofit company in the heart of downtown Minneapolis. And to your point, I just recently attended a a workshop entitled for-profit thinking in a nonprofit world. The reason why I took this role in a nonprofit industry is because I'm always looking for challenges that can test my competencies and my desire to learn, which Mm -hmm. at this point in my career is very insatiable. And I even took a pay cut. I'll just share that transparently because I had never experienced anything like what I felt I was going to be doing at this nonprofit. And you just nailed it on the Mm -hmm. head. Like before I was very ignorant to the level of impact that nonprofits had, not just to our like, communities but our global society as a whole and the amount of work and time that I have to spend to basically get our organization to a point of utilization and adoption of the tools that we have i.e. Salesforce so that the playing field is equal so that the amount of time my users and employees are spending Mm -hmm. in Salesforce isn't 45 clicks when it should take three clicks right it's just surreal. And really mm-hmm. all we're trying to do, like you just eloquently stated, Melissa, is we're all about serving the mission, right? And the mission is about stimulating our economy, stimulating our community. But anyways, the point of the, I don't want to get on a soapbox here. The point of the matter is, is I have, <laughs> I'll preach with you. <laughs> I will be the guy at Dreamforce, mm-hmm. which I never really understood in previous years. Where it's like, oh, look at all the uh, the nonprofit nerds over there, kind of talking about nonprofits and things like that. And it's like, I will be the person in front of those lines now, trying to draw back as much focus because, mm-hmm. no, seriously, all jokes aside, you hear Benioff talk about it all the time. You know, we're trying to support nonprofits yep. and NGOs. Well, that's a big thing. That's right. Anyways, I'm I'm done on my uh, rant there. <laughs> it's huge, and I. It, no, go ahead, Stacey. I was going to say one point I would speak to. Um, you said, Justice, that you took a pay cut, you know, to come to a nonprofit. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Pelota, so. but if you've not watched his, he's got a TED Talk. And the line in that TED Talk that stuck with me was that we ask people, we need the most brilliant minds to solve 
the world's biggest problems. You know, the world's biggest problem is not how to build another widget. The world's biggest problem is how do we eradicate childhood right. hunger? I mean, that's, you know, one of my personal passions. And then we're not willing to pay to be competitive, to have the most brilliant minds solve those problems. And the most brilliant minds are, I can go to work for uh, a company and make enough money that I can donate more financially to a nonprofit than I could contribute if I worked right. for the nonprofit. So there's something wrong in the way that we consider those things and think about those things. And um, he's, I don't know, he may be a little bit controversial, but but I would encourage you to to watch his What's video, his, his TED Talk. He's Dan Palota, P-A-L-O-T-T-A. Okay. Yep. He's really excellent. Yeah, th these are just the things I... I'm sorry, I didn't mean no, to get us on the... things I care about, and... I, I just attended a conference uh, last week in Maine that I was talking about quite, quite, quite a bit on my social platforms called PopTech. And the whole concept of the yes. conference, quite literally, um, is to bring innovative leaders across regions within our nation that are committed to saying, how can we leverage technology and not just technology, but emerging technologies to have social impact? And there were a lot of speakers, you know, that are doing a lot of great things um, to drive that narrative. And that's that's kind of that's so I'm going to check them out. And TED Talk is a TED Talks is a platform I love just because there's a lot of there's a lot of creative and innovative speakers that that grace that platform. Um, but, yeah, no, that's I, I'm so glad there are so many veterans. Mm -hmm. And this is why I wanted to get your historical lens on how nonprofits have evolved with the use of technology, because I, I keep thinking to myself, you know, it, I'd like to see it be much better today, but I wonder what it used to look like yesterday and yesterday being 40 years ago, Yep, 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I'm not sure it's changed significantly yet. I mean, I talked to um, demoed for a potential customer this afternoon and they're still using a pen and paper. Yeah you know, to track volunteers and their hours and their information. And you're like, right. what year is this? Yep. So, yep. <laughs> the leveling the playing field. Yeah. This is excellent, you guys. And I'm just sitting over here just soaking it all in. Um, I've done some uh, work both pro bono and also through some of my consulting gigs for uh, various sized nonprofits, but I'm not nearly as entrenched in it as you two are. So this is good for me to just sit back and absorb and listen. Um, but one thing I will say, uh, maybe as a little bit of a pivot is just as your comment about what a platform that Ted talk is. And I'm just sitting back over here waiting for the day that we see you on a Ted oh, talk yeah. stage, because it seems like you are everywhere and doing so much and you have a, a great presence uh, about you whenever you speak on your different platforms. So you know, I, I foresee that, that in your future. I actually just recently had an opportunity to go do a Ted X, uh, Pitch your pitch your idea, and uh, I actually had to. Oh, great! Had to skip out on it because I had to fly to Maine, which I was really bummed out about. It was the same day that I was flying out, but, anyways, 
my mm. time will come. And, and again, it's not, it, it's kind of like how Melissa said, it's not even, I'm at a point in my life now with two small kids where it's not even about um, self gain. It's more about legacy. Right. And I, I do feel that we all have yes. gifts and I want to use the gifts that I've been blessed with to try to inspire others to, you know, reach their full potential. So if, if me speaking, life into someone else on something that I'm passionate about can have an effect, then that's, some, that's what I'm going to do. But I appreciate that, Stacey. Yep. Well, I, I don't think anybody listening uh, or anybody here would at this campfire would assume that you would do it in a self-grandizing manner, but more that it's very clear that everything that you do is for the benefit of those that are listening like you have something valuable to share and and you're sharing it uh, so kind of like melissa was saying earlier like you know we've got uh, a problem with du- duplicate records so how do we fix that if somebody's figured it out we want to know so you've talked a lot about um you know governance and you know you've got your areas of expertise so not just uh, within how to manipulate a system or you know manage a system, but also in leadership and inspiring others, and you know your whole management philosophy. So you have figured things out or have come up with a, a, a unique and working way to do things. And so the junior achiever, achievers and the aspire to inspire and you know all the other different efforts that you do, it's not to build up the name of justice <laughs> I love that senior it's it senior. it's no, to that. to help those that are listening yeah, justice senior <laughs> right right well right. and then and then it is also for justice right. junior right because it is also setting an example for him um setting a standard even for him and yeah, his sister to live well, up they're to. the ones that are going to have to live in this world there once we're done with it right and I don't yep. know about you all, but I mm-hmm. would certainly like for my child to inherit a better world than than the one we have right now, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's a very selfless mm-hmm. way of living, you know, and it's it's a, it's important. I mean, obviously, like to your to your point too, Melissa. I mean, we're gonna leave. Yeah, we're gonna leave this world to our children, right? Not, you know. Yep. And, um, yeah. No. That's. So I think a TED Talk would be a great way for you to amplify what you're doing and and what your voice is. That's what I feel like, you know, working with Hands on Connect and with all the nonprofits that we work with is, for me, is a way to um, increase my impact on on what's right with the world and maybe decrease some of what's going on with what's wrong with the world. Tell us, um, you know, what... And, and I used to do this with previous episodes, but you're just basically teeing me up to put you in the same position, which I appreciate. You're um, welcome. And going to know where I'm going once I do this. Tell me what, and this really gets me excited. Tell me what it is that literally, like, inspires you. Meaning, like, and I don't mean that in the cliche sense, and this is why I'm just following up that question with a, a clarifying statement. Like, tell me what it is that, like, really drives you in terms of, why you do what you do like on days where it's like I could probably go make more money here or I could probably just you know not have to deal with this or deal with that what like what 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 yeah what inspires you in that sense sure well and it's so funny because 
there's several things. So one, it I tell people that everything I had done up until the point um, three and a half years ago when I came on board with Hands-On Connect Cloud Solutions, everything I'd done had helped me become the person I was so that I was that person, right? Um, so I really, I decided finally, you know, at an ancient age, what I really wanted to do with my life and what I wanted to do was help make the world a better place. And I felt like I had some really great ideas about how to innovate and how to make that happen. But I needed, that's the reason I went back to school. I felt like I needed the credentials to back me up, you know, so it's just like, you know how to run a Salesforce instance, but you want that certification that proves you know how to run a Salesforce instance, right? So um, to me, I do, I get frustrated. Um, a young woman that is uh, another one of our founding partners, Libby Ziemelis, we were having one of those days, we worked together quite a bit and pretty closely and, you know, it was an awful, horrible, no good day. And she said, remember why we do this. And I was like, oh, okay, yes, I'm better now. Uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, all, all the same frustrations are there. But the fact that the reason we're doing it is not, you know, it, none of the things that we do are to be the biggest or the best or the fanciest or the most expensive or any of those things. I mean, we do it because we really, truly ingrained deeply within all of us is that desire to make the world a better place. And our whole team is that way, you know, just this incredibly diverse team. And then, so I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, um, there are so many amazing people. A lot of them are young and I'm a horrible mentor. I'm not, I don't do well with keeping up with people, but I see these things that young people are doing that just inspire me immensely. Um, Ole, and I won't even try and pronounce his last name. He is this wonderful young man from the Ukraine that I met when I was at Your Dreaming in Amsterdam this summer. And he leads a user group, and he, I have no idea how old he is. He's young. But he posted his Trailblazer mm. story today. And he mm. inspires me because, you know, that, that wasn't what he was going to be when he grow, grew up. That's what he decided mm -hmm. to be. And he made those choices and he's certified, has eight certifications. And he starts his um, trailblazer story with these halfway up the DTA ladder. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, that to me wow. is exciting. And so to be able to amplify those voices that are doing all those amazing things that I'd love to think that I could get halfway up the CTA ladder. If I can ever pass the platform developer one certification, we will all have a mm -hmm. giant party. But <laughs> but people are doing that, right? So that inspires me. The community inspires me so much, so very much. Yeah, those those stories are very inspiring to hear and see. You know, anybody that's on that track, well, first of all, th thank you for sharing all, uh, all of that, Melissa. Um, but anybody that's on that CTA track is just unbelievably inspiring. I mean, I, I think I reached out to, it might've been Susanna, Kate. And I said, Hey, uh -huh, uh -huh. like what <laughs> this, this was pure ignorance, obviously, but I basically was like, Hey, what, how many more certifications are there? Because I, at one point I felt like I was getting an update <laughs> on 
on social media like once a week for like 20 weeks that she was passing a new certification. And it was like, how long right. is this journey? You know, <laughs> but um, it's one of those things where it's it's just fa- it's just it's inspiring to see someone that might not have realized or had the ap- aptitude that y- you said you had, Melissa, coming right out of high school in a post secondary for you know computer science or technology, right. um, or even my man Yancy over here, and see them now go down a path of like self actualization which is basically striving to reach one's right. full potential, but you're taking these certifications and you're passing them and you're elevating and you're objectively speaking to what your knowledge and skill, it's just crazy. You know, Yancey didn't know, uh, not to make us about Yancey mm-hmm. against Stacey, sorry, but Yancey didn't know, Melissa, as you may be well aware, <laughs> he didn't really know Salesforce, I don't know, a year or two ago, Stacey introduced him to Trailhead. This man has double or triple the certifications I have at this point. And I've been in the technology industry since like 17. Not, not, not always right. Salesforce, but I was building physical computers when I was like 12, 13, right? And, and here's this man wow. now with certifications. And I, I am quite confident and comfortable saying this without insulting my own intelligence. But there are aspects about Salesforce that this man knows that I just cannot entertain a conversation with. And that in of itself is inspiring. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. Like, he and I are in the same, uh, you know, workspace. And I introduced him to Mm -hmm. Salesforce. And I now go to him sometimes when I'm, like, troubleshooting. Like, he, because there are things that he knows that I don't know. And vice versa, but uh, you know, he has certifications that I don't, and oh my goodness, more than twice the trailhead badges. But um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, I'll be honest, we were. I was a little frustrating when he surpassed me <laughs> on trailhead, but whatever. Uh, well, but so <laughs> but we use trailhead for totally sure. different things. So I well, get and it, that I competition, get it, right? And that, um, mm-hmm. I love that. I love the gamification of it. All those things that make that worthwhile. And <clears throat> I don't know, that's great fun. And the people you meet just in the Ohana. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that people don't realize is how many different ways you can be involved in the Salesforce right. ecosystem, right? So <clears throat> even though... And, and that's what I tell people. I and mean, the reason the Platform Developer One is so difficult for me, and the reason I got to know Susanna St. Germain and all the ladies, be architects, ladies, I was in a Journey to Platform Developer One class that, um, that Blanca taught and struggled through and watched everybody pass those. But that's what they wanted to do. They want to be developers. They want to be architects. Even now, as much as I love the technology, I'm still in sales and marketing. Can you right. tell? I can. Yeah. <laughs> but so the mm-hmm. so the things that I learn, and the trailheads that I do, and the certifications that I take, are because I, I still want to learn. You know, you said something, Justice, about mm-hmm. how many mm-hmm. how many certifications are there, and you know, on this journey, and to me, it's all about the continual learning, right? So. Um, mm-hmm. Pardot is a new thing for me. I got to have lunch with um, that somebody that does a lot of Pardot implementations and that sort of thing. And I know, Stacey, that you're the queen of Pardot. 
and I don't understand it and I haven't used it and I don't know it. So I want to know, you know, I want to know, is this something that mm -hmm. is helpful and useful and something we can leverage to make the world a better place? And I think probably yes. Mm -hmm. And I just saw the, the mm -hmm. Pardot plus yeah. Einstein. Oh my uh, yes. goodness. I want to know that that. Super cool stuff. Yes. Because I do. I mean, wh why are we not leveraging artificial intelligence for nonprofit? Right. Right. I mean, I did a presentation on that, you know, because there are already little ways that you can leverage Einstein in Salesforce. Yep. But let's yeah. do it in the big way. Yeah, there are there are a handful of. Right. And there's some of the Einstein is built in yes. free. So some of it doesn't even require additional <laughs> Einstein, whatever licenses. Right. But um, but it's still a matter of knowing that it's there, knowing how to set it up, and then knowing how to maximize it. Right. And I don't so, I don't know if they yeah. recorded. I'll have to see if I can find because I, the presentation I did, the big thing was using the news feature in Lightning because mm -hmm. it uses Einstein mm -hmm. to look through all your accounts, all your people, and help you keep up to date on news. And so, from a nonprofit standpoint, if mm -hmm. you're doing fundraising, and you see something, oh. United Way has a new executive director. You know, this is a great time to reach out to this person that works there and, and make that contact and say, oh, how's, how's the new executive director? You know, what do you think? Blah, blah, blah. So if you're in sales, if you're in marketing, if you're in um, fundraising, then that's a simple way to utilize Einstein that doesn't cost anything additional, that doesn't require, you know, <laughs> a, um, an architect to set it up well, for you, look, right? If I could have... If I could have, right? You know, that's. Uh, this is really funny because if anybody on my development team is listening to this, they're going to find this entertaining. If I could have Salesforce <laughs> integrated with Einstein, integrated with well screening, that would be beautiful. Any, yeah. Well, and why can't I'm you? actually going to look into it now that you brought up Einstein and the artificial intelligence oh. aspect. You mean like with well, the no, I, analytics? Well, no, I want to be in a situation justice? where if there is somebody within my donation population that is well positioned to make a sizable donation, it would be nice rather than manually going through a very tedious effort to understand who that individual is through very manual steps. If Salesforce could just, based on those integrations I just outlined, basically give me a notification or a report or something, a dashboard maybe that basically says, Hey, of your 865 donors, 20% of them are in a position with this sort of capacity to donate X amount. And then you just, you know, yep. maybe, maybe you have workflows and email alerts already just teed up waiting for an email to go out or template to whatever that looks like, but you know who those individuals are versus this, Act, you know, one person goes and talks to another person. Hey, do you, how many donors do we have? Well, let me go run a report. Let me see if the report's accurate. Let me go dedupe it with justice. Okay, we have a report. Okay, now let's cross-reference this from our wealth screening tool that isn't integrated in the Salesforce and see if it matches up. Oh, John, does, you know, there's it, it, just too much going on. If that was all, and there's no reason mm -hmm. they couldn't all be integrated based on what I just explained. I mean, these these tools are now, Platforms are now being built with open APIs to integrate into Salesforce. So I, to take advantage exactly. of the AI mm -hmm. that's built into your CRM with an integration that's already going to these other platforms, yes. it just makes logical sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and the cool thing is, is that you can, and you know, I, you know, fair warning, Einstein analytics is my new favorite thing. In yes! the world. So I'm, <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm all about it. So if you connected those systems that you were just talking about justice into Einstein analytics, yes. not only would you get the, the dashboards, the reports, the alerts, the, um, and so forth based on the data, but you could also run a um, Einstein discovery story. And so it's going to tell you the um, dynamics associated with the, um, the highest spending donors or the ones most in a position to make a donation. So then you can not only tap into them, but also tap into that market to try to get more donors of a similar mm -hmm ability to be able to donate well and not to just depend on the data that the wealth um thing is is giving you because again like incorporating that right. volunteer data right mm -hmm. incorporating all those other data points that give you an even better definition of who is most likely to donate and in large right. chunks yes let's do it that will be priority one. Love Build it. it. I love we'll it. Be talking oh. and figuring that out. <laughs> so, so that was going to be my next transition. Then is that all three of us are going to Dreamforce two weeks from today. Oh, I know. Um, is when it starts. It's pretty exciting. But so, um, what will be your? Uh, I, I know Melissa. You've already very clearly said you're aiming to meet all 200,000 people. Exactly. But, uh, but what is your, um, you know, one or two goals from Dreamforce? What are you looking to get out of it? Oh my goodness. And it really is all about the people. Um, <clears throat> in mm -hmm. fact, I don't know if you saw today, um, there was a, a tweet about um, President Obama, the keynote that he's going to be in is at the same time that the women in tech, women owned business, is mm. I know a session is and so that's you know Melanie Filet and Speckett and that whole grang and I was like mm -hmm. oh my goodness so in reality as much as I would love to see President Obama speak I think he'll forgive me if I go support women that's in tech. Commendable. That's commendable. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I, I don't know. I think that. Um, and so that's always my thing, right? That's how I start planning my Dreamforce curriculum. I mean, of course, I've mm -hmm. got uh, Yancey's presentations, you know, already in there. I've got yours. I don't always make it to all of them, but the people that I really want to support, um, Vanessa Villagomez has is doing her Trailblazer story on Tuesday afternoon, yes. like right off the bat. And um, I know, I know, and she just has a completely special place in my heart. Um, she was on my panel for Am I on Mute? And she and Charlie Isaacs and Makita Keegan and at, at uh, Witness Success. And that was just an incredibly moving panel and discussion there about that. But um, so I definitely want to be able to support the people that um, that are really close to me. But I also want to meet mm -hmm. tons and tons of new people. That was one of the reasons, again, I asked. I said, please tell me what to do to be on the app exchange street team and i figure that's my best mm -hmm. bet for meeting as many of the two hundred thousand people as is possible right 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, Have them come to you. I like right? it. I like Inbound it. marketing. <laughs> exactly. Innovate. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, so then justice, what's your focus? Um, um this, you know, that's, that's a great year. question. Um, usually I have a more prepared response, but I have a lot going on. So I, my, my top priorities right now are one of several things. One, get well immersed in the nonprofit community while at Dreamforce. There are a lot of great individuals that have done a lot of uh, great things for the nonprofit industry and continue to be, you know, like uh, Melissa said, with the, with the sprints, um, I, I need to get as connected and integrated with that community so that I can just, you know, glean, share ideas, that sort of thing. Um, that's one. Two, um, Melissa mentioned this too, getting connected with the community because that to me, I'm a very relationship driven individual. Um, and that's important to me. Those kind of connections uh, mean everything. And the other thing too, obviously, I, you know, I, I've, I've built out an, uh, a technology strategy at my organization based on several components, but there are going to be elements to um, the Salesforce product side that I want to start from a visionary perspective, start, you know, when I've gone in the past to Dreamforce, I've tailored my agenda to administrative driven, like Salesforce administrator uh, driven topics. Uh, this time I wanna, based on my role today, I wanna have more insight into, um, you know, how technology can, will continue to enable and drive organizations. Uh, and obviously with Salesforce being one of our mm -hmm. core primary products uh, that's driving our mission, I wanna make sure that I'm aware of you know, what that strategic roadmap looks like uh, with Salesforce. Lastly, it is unbelievably important for me to be present at uh, former president of the United States, Barack Obama's keynote speech, whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's going to be. And the reason why that is, is for several reasons. One, I saw his wife speak um, uh, last year and even got to meet her briefly. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but the Barack Obama, let me let me just I'm just going to take 30 seconds here. Barack Obama for me is a huge ideal because if you if you listen to me talk about anything that I'm passionate about, one of the key phrases I will often say is that exemplary leadership leads into measurable impact to have an individual. And this is not about political affiliations at all. But to have an individual to uh, like Barack Obama to be the sort of exemplary leader that he has been, not just for our nation, um, but for a lot of individuals that might identify as being a minority. And, and this is female, this is LGBTQ, this is African, this is everything, right? Uh, for him to be able to step into the position and the capacity uh, of commander in chief and demonstrate with grace, with eloquence, with execution, uh, what it means to, to achieve some of the highest levels of success objectively 
in our nation today means everything. So for me to be able to see him have a conversation with uh, with uh, with Mark Benioff or whomever is on that leadership panel means everything for me because in, in a lot of different ways he inspired me. And um, you know, a lot of my friends will facetiously mm-hmm. joke uh, anytime you know I'm doing anything, speaking about anything, they'll say. Justice is getting ready to do his Obama thing, right? So there are a lot of elements about Barack <laughs> Obama that, that, I've, that I've come to respect greatly. So hmm. that will be a priority for me. Stacey, your turn. Awesome. That's awesome. What about you, Stacey? Well, from a learning perspective, I want to soak up as much information as, as I can on really Einstein analytics. Mm-hmm. analytics. And like um, so... I am. I am. Well, and it started from using Pardot is that, you know, Pardot, the mid and upper tier Pardot comes with what they call B2B marketing analytics, which is Einstein analytics. So you get a handful of free Einstein analytic, well, included Einstein (laughs) analytic licenses. Mm -hmm. And then they have a templated app that you can load in and it has a, a couple of dashboards already prepared for you. And so that kind of got me into it. And I was uh, just, when I, when I first met Salesforce, I immediately fell in love with the reports and dashboards. That's yes. what got me hooked from the beginning. And then I got into Pardot and I'm thinking, ooh, big brother, I can watch when you open an email. This is awesome. <laughs> but then the reports, I love you, Pardot, but Pardot reports were kind of like, wah, wah, wah. They just weren't as amazing as I was used to Salesforce reports and dashboards being. So Einstein Analytics allows me to not only bring in Salesforce and Pardot information into one platform, but then raises the bar on all the different things that you can do with it. Like when you're looking at a report in analytics, you can set it up so that it, when you like click on one of the, like if you're looking at like a bar graph, if you click on one of the bars, that can trigger a quick action in Salesforce. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why why is the sales rep killing it this week? Let me set a task to have his manager follow up and find out what's going on. You know, like, y- you can do those types of, like, it's just amazing. And so I started digging in, and the more I learned, the more I love it, and the more I want to know. And so I took the class that Salesforce offers, and I'm working on the super badge, and hope to get certified by the end of the year. And I will be in the next class of Einstein analytic champions and it, it's just my new favorite thing. So, um, so yes, so Einstein analytics, you will find me uh, frequently, I'm sure in the, uh, I forget what it's called, the Einstein analytic waterfall or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, wherever the uh, analytic area is uh, there, you will very likely find Stacy. Um, the other thing for me is this year I uh, none of my abstracts got selected for uh, for presentation, which I'm totally okay with. I've spoken a couple times at Dreamforce and at eight other Salesforce events this year. So um, I then redirected and I just volunteered as much as I could. And so I'm on the street team with the App Exchange and also with the App Exchange sharing my like, top four favorite um, apps. Um, so sneak hint, um, one of my favorite app exchange packages, 
just might be Pardot. But, um, <laughs> and then also I'm in the Genius Bar and leading a circle of success and um, doing a welcome for Dreamforce newbies and, and just all these different areas that I found that I could volunteer my time. And, and I love that I'm approaching Dreamforce two weeks out and I'm not stressing over slides yeah. or, or timing or what am I going to wear on stage or, or any of the stuff. But instead I'm thinking about um, who do I get to meet? Who do I get to connect? How do I get to help? You know, and so it's it's really changed my perspective of Dreamforce uh, to be more about uh, learning from justice and being present in the moment. And um, and, and and I've learned, honestly, this is a little side rail, but uh, I've sat in conversations with some just absolutely brilliant, amazing people. And I'm used to... Um, marvel at their intelligence and at the same time feel inferior and inadequate to be sitting at the same table as them. Because even though I've been in the ecosystem for 10 years, I've not worked until recently. I haven't done a whole lot of work with large enterprise or complicated integrations or heavy development. I, I, I've been pretty just configuration, pretty declarative. And, and so I always felt a little inadequate. But what I've learned is that I don't ever want to be the person that's sharing these complex and amazing solutions that they've built. My role that I've built for and that I love is introducing people and helping them mm -hmm. with their first five steps. And, and then they move on to these other amazing, brilliant people. And I'm okay with that. Like that's, that's my role and, um, and, and I absolutely love it. And so, uh, so that'll be a lot of my focus is uh, I'll meet people, uh, you know, Monica Sandberg and Misty Jones and a few others put on the, the Ecomo My welcome event on Monday before Dreamforce and then Dreamforce themselves is hosting a couple of different dream or first timers, you know, meet and greet. And so I will intentionally be at those things to meet people that um that it is their first time and then i will uh try to follow them on twitter and follow their path and maybe connect with them a couple different times during the week and uh you know i did that last year at the event i met two people in particular that just really uh that i connected with and uh, one finn she and i chat every now and then still on twitter or linkedin and it's just been great watching her grow uh, throughout the year and the other was Benjamin Bratcher and he's been a guest on our podcast and he's a lightning champion and he's uh, you know getting uh, you know certifications and so just watching him bloom and grow and expand through the year but like those are my favorite things like it's not about me being on stage sharing what I know it's me help you know giving you a uh, you know that step stool that you need to take your you know first or second or third step and then cheering you on when you go beyond that, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, and yeah, I'll be at Yancey's session. So I'll be turning him on. <laughs> I'm actually very, I'm very I disappointed know with my man Yancey. He was giving like a dry run with his shoes on. I, I wasn't very happy. I know. Uh, I no, know. No, no. Well, 
Yeah. In fairness, like we left, like it was full work day and then we had to drive all the way to the other side of town. And so, um, you know, we were kind of rushing out the door and it had been raining and yeah, it was, uh, later he was like, oh man, like, you know, you're not going to walk into someone's <laughs> office barefoot, but, but I was like, I at least thought you'd have flops on and no, he had full pants and shoes. It was, it was strange. Looked like a grown-up human being, huh? <laughs> right, right. But he did really, really well. And it was cool. Like, even though I've seen his presentation a couple of times now, he put some new things in. Uh, and he's going to be doing it in conjunction with uh, Dreshfield. And so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be hilarious, the two of them. Oh, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. And, and, and a great topic. So, Melissa, it goes back to one of the things you were talking about um, before we started recording about, um, you know, intentional admins. So, um, you know, I, I am of the the I don't want to say generation because it's still happening today. But it, back in my day, because uh, I'm old enough to say that there were very, very few people who intentionally sought out being a Salesforce admin. They, it right. was mainly companies bought Salesforce and said, okay, you're a tag, you're it. And, uh, and that's what happened to me is, you know, I kind of stumbled into it, the accidental admin, right? But because Salesforce is promoting their platform, because Trailhead is a, an effective and appealing and amazing tool for learning, because Salesforce jobs are lucrative and abundant and high demand, um, they're, you know, for a variety of reasons, people are seeking out Salesforce jobs. And so you've got this whole, uh, you know, group of people that are intentional admins and they go and they go on trailhead and they get badges and they get to learn the system and they get excited and they're hyped up and they go and they get a certification or maybe two and they, maybe they go through programs like Betforce or pep up tech or, um, or Amplify and Mom Relaunch. And, and so there's a ton of great programs out there that are helping people to get trained and certified and equipped. But then they hit the job market and it feels like everybody's looking for a minimum of three to five years experience. And so there's this huge gap in what the companies are looking for and what the people are equipped with. And so, Melissa, I'll let you fill in the details on what you're talking about, this um, internship program initiative that you're driving. So, yeah. So, um, and thanks, Stacy, because I, I really, I, I would like to just speak to it for a second because it's kind of a um, startup concept all in itself, right? But something that I think is so important because I continue to see these brilliant, beautiful, bold young people who are putting in the time and energy and effort to get their certifications. But then when they get out in the job market, they actually want, you know, people who have experience working in a Salesforce instance. And there's so many startups, um, small companies like ours that are not ready to hire tons of people yet, but we do have the bandwidth to be able to help mentor and, um, take through somebody, you know, as an intern, right? So what I'm proposing and what I'm have some help and some folks who are working on this with me to have a way that we can work with a lot of small organizations to be able to help them overcome the friction and the hurdles and the things that they may not have the bandwidth, you know, to figure out 
what does a, an intern agreement look like? You know, how do we set up that kind of program? If we can do that work for them so that all they have to do is interview potential interns and tell us how many they can take on and interns can interview and, you know, make a decision. To me, that's a way to, A, get them some experience, B, give all those small organizations a chance to get to know those young people that are so innovative, that have new ideas coming in the system. Um, and then when they have a spot to hire someone, they already know who's mm-hmm. going to fit well in their ecosystem and in their culture. And so hopefully a win-win mm-hmm. situation Absolutely. for everybody, right? Absolutely. So, you know, coming soon, keep your ears peeled. <laughs> um, you know, obviously once we get some of those um, kinks worked out and the things put into place, then um, want to be able to help do do what we can in the in the system to get everybody the experience that they need. I and love it. And I've the often thought that there are so many great uh, nonprofit orgs uh, and alliances and uh, partnership programs and stuff out there. But even just to have a way to connect them all to, you know, to share resources and ideas and output together, um, you know, to almost make like a funnel of, you know, I'm coming from this program or this program or right. this program, and I'm, you know, then funneling or feeding into the Salesforce ecosystem. So even just to bring some cohesion between all the many groups that are doing great things out there would be, uh, I think, an awesome step forward. Yeah, great. Good. So obviously, you know, we with your Einstein analytics, we'll have yeah. to call on you to... <laughs> To, to get that all in there, let us know who pop out the people that are going to be the best match for, for all those different jobs. Because, right, you think mm-hmm. you've got ISVs, you've got, and I'm not, I'm going to use my whole word. So, you know, implementation partners and the um, app exchange partners and nonprofits and commerce cloud and health cloud. And you just start going all the different places that Salesforce goes mm-hmm. and the range of the things that you can do in those in, in that industry yeah. is just huge. So um, I love it. Master's I love it. Gonna be awesome. Huge. Yes. Let's put Einstein to work. See, I don't need to know how to do this. We've got a data scientist that'll do it for us. So I love it. I love <laughs> That's it. right. So, awesome. And um, I forgot to mention, Melissa, you kind of pinged on this earlier when you mentioned Vanessa Villa Gomez. Um, there are quite a few of the Campfire Story alumni who are going to be doing a variety yeah. of different things at um, Dreamforce. And so our Campfire Stories Twitter handle has been and will continue to be tweeting out, uh, you know, over last week and this week, over all the different places that you can find the alumni. Um, so this is, a, you know, a, I think a little known fact. I don't know. Maybe everybody knows. But uh, anybody that has yet been on our podcast, we, we do call them alumni and they actually have kind of formed a little group chat. So it came as a result of we were doing our one year anniversary uh, where we invited all of our guests who were able to meet at that time to come and record with us together. And so we started this like group chat and uh, it has become filled with more encouragement and uh, inspiration and uplifting one another and celebrating one another. And like, and honestly, I'm in a ton of different um, group chats 
on Slack and Twitter and uh, text and email. And I'm sure you guys all are too, but this is absolutely one of my favorite groups of people. (laughs) So anywhere I can go hear them online or in person. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to, to be there. So check out our Twitter handle, um, SF campfire for, uh, information on where all of the alumni are going to be all over Dreamforce. And uh, Melissa, if somebody is wanting to connect with you on Twitter, what's your handle? Melissa Hill D. It's not very original, but like easy it. to remember, like right? <laughs> Melissa Hill D. That's awesome. Okay. Well, Melissa, thank you for being our first guest who has asked and actually I wanted to uh, I'm gonna I pulled this up earlier and then I lost it so the message said Stacy if you ever need anyone for campfire stories I would be happy to chat about inclusion innovation careers nonprofits and whether a hamburger is a sandwich so I think we had all but one of those tonight uh, no we didn't address the hamburger <laughs> that hasn't been addressed and that's and that is that is coming to a dreaming event near you this year. Um, actually, Michael Kolodner and I are working on a presentation for um, how to uh, build the perfect Salesforce sandwich. Um, and so that's one of the questions. And I'm interested to know whether you think a hamburger is a sandwich or not, because there are lots of questions hmm. that follow that. I thought the hamburger <laughs> is what you push to open up the menu on I actually call it that same thing. There was a lady that went viral on social media because she dressed up as a hamburger. And I mean, the same one you're talking about, Stace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw it. I love it. Well, you know, I'm from the South, so everything is all about the food. And so I now call the waffle, yes. you know, enlightening. Oh, it's the waffle the up in the mm-hmm. left-hand corner. So go to the waffle I mean, that's technically and have yet to have anybody yeah, say, what does that mean? That makes sense. Do what? Well, well, it, the yeah. Salesforce, the app, yes. uh, menu, right, is, uh, is yeah, the, the waffle. The, um, what I used to call the ellipses is, is what they apparently now call the, the hamburger. Ellipses? And then, of course, the little, like, um, the, the, yeah. Is that another joke before my time? Uh, or what, what is an ellipse? And she was an English major. Well, an ellipse. Sorry. It's, it's more than. No, no. It's <laughs> Go ahead, oh, like me that. trying to be proper. But uh, but the other the other food is mm-hmm. the carrot, right? That that triggers like the little drop down. So um, the little like downward yes. arrow, like a V, right? So uh, so yeah, there's food all over our web pages which is you know (laughs) awesome whenever you're doing all day training with a client and talking about this and you're hungry and you know but that's okay that's okay we'll work off all those calories in (laughs) in two weeks (laughs) very cool all right well um melissa you joked before we started recording that or no, actually, at the beginning, when um, Justice asked his first or second question, that this is going to be the longest episode. And I think we may actually be um, close to that. So, <laughs> But it's been great, and I wouldn't edit out a single minute of it, and I won't. 
And I'm so, so thankful that you reached out. And anyone else who has a story or a topic that you want to share and discuss or nominate, voluntold someone else, absolutely. You can message us on Twitter, our SF Campfire uh, handle, or either myself or Justice Senior, um, either of us as well. No, I I said boom. I love it. What? Was that wrong? No, I was saying boom. Oh, I thought you were. Okay. Boom. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, you guys, so much. Melissa, it was an absolute pleasure, and I can't wait to uh, give you, like, an in-person hug and hang out with you for real.